0: Now but,
1: what? I don't know. Nice when when one thing maybe goes a little bit right. I've not had a lot of that lately myself,
0: personally. There's nothing. So the, the second most annoying thing in the world is tech issues. Yeah. The first annoying thing is tech issues in front of people. Trying yeah. to handle, we, you did it once with me when we were live on YouTube, but I've done it so many times live on Twitch, and people are so fucking annoying. Like I already yeah like they, like they don't know the setup. yeah They don't know even what's wrong. Yeah yeah. And then they're getting shouting out advice like they're the nerd squad from Best Buy. Right. And just shut the fuck up and let me try <laughs> to fix this thing.
1: Yeah, well, um I spent a reasonable amount of time the other day rewiring the cameras so that instead of long HDMI cables, I could use even longer cat six cables and and everything would work yeah and everything had been working and testing it every couple of days you know even though we were not actually producing anything you know working on new setups and whatever and today two of them were like Meh, we're not interested in your program can you imagine trying to send a rocket to the moon no i have no idea how they did it no i understand well they didn't let's get that out there <laughs> so they haven't they totally did it totally happened but I, but it but it, it's you can do it in a much less complicated way than we would approach it now that's the thing but just
0: think about all the pieces like even just the telecommunication we didn't have cell phones and somehow they're talking to these motherfuckers
1: well, radio. Well, radio's been around since. It blows since my mind. Radio. I know, but think about the hiccups that could go wrong is my point. Oh, oh yeah, but they have backup systems. W- w- yeah. Have you seen Apollo 13? Uh,
0: I saw Apollo 13 at a drive-in when it came out. What year did that come out? Ninety-eight. You were young. I right? was 10 at a yeah. drive-in. I think I fell asleep. I don't um, think I've seen it since because well, then I went through that phase where I couldn't watch 90s movies.
1: Well, it, it's, uh, um, yeah. It blows up. Uh, there's an explosion, yeah. The Apollo Eleven made it. Uh, Eleven was the first one that made it. Yeah. Apollo Creed dies. Apollo Creed dies in Rocky Three. Uh, all four. Our, our three? Apollo batting average is not good. Help! Help me! Help me, Spock.
0: Apollo Thirteen. Four. The Russians. Oh, maybe that's three. No, Mister T's three. What's five? The kid. Oh. The blonde what? kid.
1: Oh, the the one that the one that died of AIDS. Oh, in are real life. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, probably. Tommy. Oh yeah, the real boxer. Something. Yeah. 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 I think that's five.
0: Because I I misspoke once on a YouTube video saying I'm doing like Russian training
1: in Rocky Five and just got shredded. I ripped that off. I misspoke once on a live take. Yeah, I hate that when it happens. Um, Apollo Thirteen was 1995. Oh my God, I'm seven.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a pretty good memory.
1: Yeah. I was talking to my mom.
0: She was trying to talk about her first memory ever. I was like, How do you know it's like your first memory? And she was just kind of sitting back, sitting back. I don't know how to do that. I have a memory, and I told her that she locked me in my room. She said she didn't. I was like, <laughs> I was locked in my room.
2: I was like, Three. We
0: were
1: living in Seattle. I was three. I remember that. That's all I remember, though. Locked in your room. Wonder why. Seven
0: feels pretty young for a memory, though.
1: Yeah, I can. Yeah. But I mean, I can remember back pretty far. But the memory is so weird because. Like you can create a memory, one hundred percent, from a picture or from a story you're told or whatever, and it seems like you were there. Especially family stuff, right? Where like yeah. your parents are telling you stuff, or your wife's
0: telling you, like, yeah, don't you remember? And you're like, oh, not really, but now I do, I guess.
1: <laughs> I mean, probably my earliest memories, like, I remember, hmm, I remember my both of my dad's parents being alive, which is interesting because his dad died when i was 3. Oh yeah, that's really young. So uh, i i remember him you know very limited memories of him being alive like like they had um they'd moved to Oklahoma back to Oklahoma and they'd come out to visit and so like i remember my parents going to pick them up somewhere airport or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So i remember that and then i remember after my grandfather died and um so I was three, um, I guess almost four. Yeah, I feel so young. I don't even know. Mine probably in Seattle. Yeah, the only way I
0: know is because we moved here when I was like five or six. Yeah. That's the only way you know young, or the only way I know about going to the drive-in theater because I know when that movie came out.
1: The um, the thing, I a thing I remember about that, because when when he he died in Oklahoma, he died in an accident. He died in, a, in like a he had a tractor rollover in a oh, you shit. know uh, in a wetlands.
0: Yeah, like a work accident. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yikes. Um, and uh, we. We drove back there for the funeral, and after the funeral, for whatever reason, the family decided to take a walk out into the field, and um, a lot of it was wet. It was in the spring, and uh, there were water moccasins in the water, so like poisonous snakes in the water, and I remember being so freaked out about that. that. And so, yeah, I hate snakes now. Uh, I, know, I, I Like my whole life, I hated snakes.
0: Snakes are creepy. A water snake, fuck you.
1: Yeah, yeah, fuck you. Uh, it's an awful. awful I, I can't
0: even watch the like shows like that. Like what's his name? Uh, fuck, he got stung by
1: a stingray. Stingray. Uh, <laughs> Steve crocodile, Irwin, Crocodile Hunter. Yeah, yeah, Steve Irwin. I can't even like crocodile. watch that. Yeah, crocodile. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. I can't even watch that. That freaks me out too.
1: I I can understand that. That that would that would bother me too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I did I have watched that show. Yeah, and, I like the
0: show when he's fucking with other
1: animals, not when he's messing with snakes. snakes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll pass. And apparently, you should have avoided the the Ray. His daughter's
0: ray. dumb, famous. I just found her on my Discovery page randomly.
1: Oh yeah, so so is his son. His yeah. son is like a fucking spitting spitting image of him. Yeah,
0: she's got like three million followers on Instagram or something crazy. What? Yeah, she's doing the same stuff, running the zoo and doing shows and Bindi. stuff. It's cool. That's something I do want to do. Uh, the Australian uh, Zoo? Oh, you want to go visit it? Yeah. No, yeah, I <laughs> don't, don't want to run
1: put, a zoo. Nope. Ah, oh, that'd yeah. be cool too. But uh, yeah. yeah, the that, Australian made a mad bad movie about that. The Australian Zoo seems cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, have you ever been to the one up in Folsom here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That one's cool. It's like sort of found animals and tiny, like, but really cool. Yeah, yeah. Not not like a zoo zoo. Not like a we're yeah, yeah actively looking no. for animals. It's, yeah, they're cons-
0: for sure cons- uh, conservation. Right. One uh, secret zoo that I've visited that the world probably doesn't know is the columbus ohio zoo is the dopest zoo in america really
1: uh who's our american steve Irwin? um the survival guy what no no uh, not- he's,
0: he's only been on like letterman and stuff he's he's literally like our version of that dude jack Hanna.
1: okay I would not have pulled that one out. You know Jack Hanna, though? Now yeah, that I
0: say yeah, it, yeah. Jack Hanna was born in Columbus. Okay. And so they he built the zoo there. And it's fucking sick. I went, I don't know, three, four years ago, shout out my boy Bretzky. Uh, I did a Reebok seminar out there, and we had a couple of days to burn. Like, what do we do? And we just Googled, like, Columbus is cool. It's actually kind of a cool city. Ohio always gets shit on, but Columbus is pretty cool. You've been, obviously. Like, yeah. even the downtown is starting to get cool and stuff. Like, probably even from the years you started going to the Arnold to the last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's building up. Yeah. But so we're Googling things to do. You know, we did a, a Buckeyes game. We did all this stuff. And so then now uh, they said they have this winter thing. So you go and there's lights everywhere. You go at night. There's like hot chocolate. You're walking around. The animals are all creeping out. It's really sick. And it's just big. and It's separated by continents. And I guess maybe other zoos do that too. Maybe that's not so unique. But they're, like each continent there feels like its own zoo. Okay, You know what I mean? Like they're huge. It was really cool. I don't know why we're
1: talking about animals, because you almost died to a water moccasin when you were a kid. <laughs> I, I remember being on like either my dad or one of my uncle's shoulders. I don't have that very specific yeah. part of the memory, but I just remember there being a f- damn snake. Yeah, fuck. I God. remember that, and I remember that um, as we were driving back to California in, I want to say it was Albuquerque, New Mexico, near in Mexico somewhere a, a rock fell off of a a truck that was um hauling rocks yeah yeah final and, destination and and hit our windshield and just exploded like like my dad and my uncle were in the front seat and they literally ended up with like glass in their pockets oh, because fuck. there was so much glass on their bodies yeah, yeah. this was before before sure. safety glass i guess sure. yeah
0: and even still, yeah. I'm, I'm old. Wow. Yeah.
1: Even still, if the rock's big enough, it'll fuck your shit up. Yeah. I yeah. mean, but safety glass usually kind of hangs together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's semi crumbles. You know, it's bad. Yeah. It's bad. I don't think I've ever done a drive that long. I don't know if I'd want to. I haven't done anything like that since I was, yeah. you know, a kid. Probably six or seven. Yeah, Grand Canyon, I've done. Not, never been to the Grand Canyon. That's not, not over a, it a bunch. Never it's been cool. It's fine. It's a hole in the ground. Yeah. <laughs> It's a giant on the ground. It's better viewed, actually, from an oh, airport. sure. Yeah, so. the
0: helicopter tour, if you're going the luxury Grand Canyon tour, it's probably dope. Okay. Or if you hike way down in there. Yeah. yeah it's cool. Someone's going to, Mike, get out in nature, get out the video game. Shut the fuck up. It's cool. It's cool. It's not,
1: you know. Is it a great wonder? was what, what yeah. it? Yeah, I uh, think so. It's one of the seven there's natural be. wonders of the world. Yeah, there's got to be something cooler than that. Yeah, yeah, probably so. I don't know what the seven natural
0: wonders of the world I do, are. I did have that. I don't like have a bucket list, but that was one thing I wanted to do. I was like it'd be kind of cool to see all seven. My um and then what there's 12 man-made or something? Or is there seven
1: man-made? I don't know how many of those are actually left or oh, oh yeah. Was Notre uh, Dame one?
0: Uh, My way off. I don't know. The uh, f- hanging
1: you, the the first time I learned about this, the hanging gardens of Babylon. Learned
0: about that in a video game. Yeah, Fuck
1: you th- kids. Yeah, apparently that didn't only really happen. It did not exist. Is it did not exist still? No, it's it didn't it never existed. So it's a f- fake. Yep. All right, man. I give up. Uh, yeah, my 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 late father in law was uh, a huge fan of the whole uh, um, uh, wonders of the ancient world. Yeah, business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, yeah, the, the and pyramids. He, yeah, he could he could just yeah. rattle them all off. Seven wonders. Seven wonders of the ancient world. Yeah, there so there's ten, there's ten man-made wor- wonders. Okay. of the world. Okay, okay, so, ten
0: man-made seven Earth. Made, so, alien uh, made, let's yeah.
1: say. Parthenon, okay, Easter Island, Taj Mahal, of which there were supposed to be two. You ever hear that story? No, they, they were supposed to make a black one and a white oh, one. Oh, well, maybe I did. Yeah, yeah. And so they only made the one, and ran they only out of made funds, the white one. Yeah, uh, budgeting. Yeah, and I think it, the deal was like it one was supposed to be for the wife and the other was for the husband. Like, he didn't really want to spend that much time with her, so he wanted to make an entirely yeah, different yeah. house of her. Um, uh, the Colosseum i actually i've heard that's cool i, I would really like cool. see the costume yeah i've, I've heard, heard a lot of rome people. but yeah. it but never rome yeah i've heard a lot of people say it's cool rome if you want to um the anchor Wat, the temples in vietnam okay um uh i don't know this is in this is in south america and i can't pronounce it yeah
0: i don't know is that the uh 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 Like an Incan
1: uh, 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 pyramid, basically? Well, that's one of them, yeah. Yeah. And then there's um, Petra, which is in Greece. Yeah? Yeah. And then Machu Picchu, which is also in... Yeah, Peru? Peru. Yeah, I don't think I've been to any of those. My mother-in-law went to Machu Picchu. She blew out her knees, I think, going to Machu Picchu.
0: Yeah, like, I I don't know. Maybe it's just because people take cool pictures, but... I feel to get a really dope view of the Grand Canyon, yeah, you got to be in a helicopter. You got to go way in, in there. Yeah. Because um, if you just do the casual one, it's not that good. Where, like, I've seen pictures of Machu Picchu and, like, every view
1: looks sick, you know? Right. Okay. So the one I can't pronounce is in Mexico. Oh. Second crazy. century BC, new civilization rose in the valley of Mexico. Aliens. Yeah. I, you know, like, if you're going to believe in a weird ass thing, aliens. What's is a that's the good one built one. in the wall, right? What's that? Yeah, Petra.
0: Is that Greece? Right. Or is that right.
1: Egypt? No, it's Jordan.
0: Yeah. It's yeah, I
1: knew it was kind of screwed it up. That
0: thing's sick. It's in Transformers 18 also. <laughs> the little cars go over there. 18? I don't know. There's so many now you lose track. Fast and Furious and Transformers. There's too many to yeah. keep track of. Uh-huh. Is that Machu Picchu?
1: That's Great Wall of China. Oh, shit. And the pyramids I'm looking
0: P- at an angle. out there's that. I'm yeah, about I'm to judge sorry. Me. No, can't. no, 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 no. You're fine, but no. I just don't want them to judge me thinking I, uh, Machu Picchu was the Great Wall of China. No, no, no. I'm not I a genius, sure. but this I'm not the same
1: list. Okay, Pyramids of Giza.
0: Well, I, yeah, for sure. I've heard of the Pyramid e- e- Giza being in this thing.
1: Uh, Machu Picchu. Petra, which is in Jordan. Yeah, maybe it's an evolving list. Th- this one I can't <laughs> t- t- pronounce.
0: T-O-T-Huan. Oh, Teotihuacan.
1: Teotihuacan. That sounds like, sounds like a new Porsche model. Yeah, I,
0: I yeah that, no, that's Spanish for sure. Uh, yeah, the Taycan. Talk about that. That's my new gold car.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A little electric Porsche sedan. Oof. yeah! I can't argue with that. I look so sick. I can't argue with that at all. Taj Mahal, and the yeah. That really, that's the craziest thing about the Taj Mahal thing. That there were supposed to be two. Yeah, uh, supposed to be a black one and a white one. Yeah, so sick. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I, I have heard. I've had friends that gone, they've gone to India. Yeah, but I've heard not great things. Yeah, well, there are there are ways to go to India. Yeah. There are ways not to yeah. go to India. And like the the like safest way to go to India is doesn't really give you that much of a flavor of real India. Yeah, I'm so. sure. I'm sure maybe in maybe a couple of years uh, when the world calms down again oh, if it knows. ever happens who knows we will be holding our breath on that for a while so uh, it's been a minute since we did one of these
0: 27 oh no I don't know why in my head I keep thinking it's like 2017 that keeps popping in my head 2021 recap. 2021 recap. I thought earlier, like walking in here, I was like, oh, what, what are we filming? You know, I do like little, not scripts, but in my head, I'm like, all right, what's coming? And 2017 keeps popping in my head for some ungodly reason. But 2021.
1: I, I can tell you why. There may be reasons. I, 20, a, there is definitely a reason. 2021
0: recap. We're sitting here on February already. Feb
1: Feb. Feb. 2?
0: Yeah, Feb 2. Yeah. Feb 2 on um, uh, Tuesday.
1: Monday? Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Oof. There's not enough coffee up in this. So
0: we've been jamming uh, full throttle for almost 12 months. I'd say we've been jamming, if you take the average, 60% for 12 months, 100% for eight months at least. Right? Like full throttle. Like you hit the NOS and all that shit. Like we're six gear going. Last month, for me at least... Not that I found, like, a groove, but I found, like, something that looks like a routine, you know? Yeah. Something that looks like, all right, I'm going to wake up these days. Not that we're experts by any means, but we're working on our third launch of clothing, Mm -hmm. so we kind of know what it's going to look like, what will unfold. Yeah. Um, Because one of the launches, we didn't really have the gym. We were still in construction. (sighs) One of them, we kind of had the gym, but we were opening the gym, Yeah. and it was holidays. Yeah. And then now, you know... I kind of felt like that in school too, uh, although this was years ago, kids. But you, you like you like find routine going into October, mm-hmm. and then and then like the holidays just disrupt everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually don't love that, you know, because I, I, we're all I think all humans do slightly better with routine, whether you guys admit it or not. And you're like, I'm spontaneous. Shut up.
1: Have you got a little bit of uh, you know the the ADHD um yeah you have breaking routine yeah real issue yeah you have to have it
0: and so then so then jan again you know because at least in school terms uh in in work terms it's even worse but in school terms you have basically until spring break yeah where it's routine but in work terms i don't consider anything a break until like november gets crazy yeah you know in terms of breaking shit up so now it's just routine routine so waking up i found my workout routine the only thing the last layer, and once I get these routines, I can ease I can feel my fucking plate like a buffet it's just when the routine's not there, I got too many plates, you know, yeah, but now the routines were like, okay, now we can get the podcast on there, I'm not even worried about it now we can get this on there, you know now I can start to make room in my stomach for that, so January was a little routine month for me. The gym's been open three ish months, three months next week, yeah, third
1: clothing drop,
0: that's all I got. I'm fucking ripping ripping in the Terran, as the kids say
1: <laughs> yeah it's been uh it's been a journey I don't know I realized that uh the first like domain names that I was kicking around was over a year ago, yeah you know, uh, for this uh particular endeavor uh, uh you know as I said in our last episode i, I have a bunch of um sort of technical uh, uh resolutions and i I thought I had gotten somewhere on on that front we're somewhere and hey everything's working currently it turns out that uh two of the things that were really a problem for me were just things that were buried in menus like solutions that should have been yeah you know i don't know that's all tech bullshit it's all tech stuff um i don't know what 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 other thing has been a real journey uh you know early on we decided we were going to do a 24-hour gym yeah that couldn't be staffed for 24 hours because, like, life. Yeah. As it is, we are staffed 84 hours a week. Yeah. Which is, you know, fair amount. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, and so the ways to do that have not been like super straightforward. Yeah. We looked at software solutions that were, had a lot of things that we didn't need and they were super expensive and, um, they seem to have a little bit of the lock on, on the lock, the door lock situation. Yeah. And um, we up going with a different solution that's, you know, supposed to work with that. But it just the first... I, I, and we're going to probably talk about this again, but like the first estimate that we got for installing this was eleven thousand dollars yeah i don't know where some of these like
0: numbers come up and i've never had like a brick and mortar like this but even in the way beginning right like we're talking about leveling out the floor in here and we don't own the building yet but um the building's broken up into like one room where we're in right now which is fulfillment office podcast studio then the rest of the building is kind of shaped in like an H, kind of an oblong H. There's one big room that tees into another room that's a little skinnier, and w- one half of the big room is very uneven. It used to be a machine shop, and so like same thing. I'm just getting a random quote, you know, thrown around. I don't know, you know, like, hey yeah, let's level this thing out. Gyms are supposed to be level and feel right, good, right? Right? Yeah, it was like fifteen grand, and you're just like, what the Sh- <laughs> shit is? It's a car. Yeah. Why? why Why is this and and i and i'm not you know saying anything because i'm not a cement leveler maybe it is that much effort or that much material i yeah. don't fucking know but same thing you're like i just want a door that i could scan myself in oh 12 grand oh okay fuck me like why yeah how no. are we not there
1: yeah i don't know and like we were trying to use like vendors that that are that our landlord uses and yeah, big thing commercial vendors yeah exactly And it's like oh good lord and i got turned on to um you know somebody else who basically has provided me an uh, a self install kit no. is way yeah sounds kit. like skeleton yeah so um yeah so that turns out to be nearly 2 grand but it's cheaper yeah. right and it it meets our goals or whatever except that i still have to figure out like the intricacies of i don't know what that is oh i know dropping it is. weights yeah doing lifting weights is that lifting weights? Yeah. What do oh, you think it was? I, I thought it was Kyle throwing a ball against. No, the wall. no. Uh, dude's doing cleaning jerks. Out
0: there. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, Our gym is functioning. Yeah, that's what you guys are hearing. There's people. Up You're in welcome.
1: Here. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So I I I'm looking up yesterday the card reader that has to go on the door and figuring out how to get it on there and how to how to mount it and all that sp- all this business, and I look it up and I and I happen to see, the price for That particular item, if I were to buy it on Amazon, yeah, it's so $120 on Amazon for just the scanner, just the door scanner. Right? I paid $350 to someone who's doing no labor, for and it's me a commercial for that
0: particular part. It's like a commercial part.
1: We're not talking about ring doorbell system,
0: no, because like, a, like, so that's one of the biggest things that I still surprises me. It's not always the case because some little things we get this way, but like a business doesn't, like a commercial, I don't know why I always thought like you'd get like better quality and like affordable pricing when you're a business. Yeah. You know, like you buy it's, in
1: bulk. It's really very much the opposite of that.
0: Yeah, like, it, 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 or, or like I'll spend more, I get more. Uh-huh. But yeah, you spend more and get less. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. even our security cams in here, like they're fine, but like they're they're not the best, they're not the worst. We won't name names in case they want to sponsor us or who knows what. But they're not they're not great, they're not bad, but they're home versions. Because we got like a I got one tiny quote for a commercial version and again, and you're like five grand. You're like, ah. <laughs> like, yeah. and they might not be that much better. Or we're trying to replace a door. We're doing the door scan, like Ring kind of does that. Like, how how the fuck is it so crazy? Like, I don't yeah. know. I, I can't. I, I just can't imagine. Then like, now obviously this is where people complain about where they live or whatever, and and just not that many people bite the bullet and do these things. That's the truth too, right? Mm-hmm. There's only a certain amount of business owners. There's a mm-hmm. lot of employees in the world. We're like big operations you out to my buddy uh uh, shawley too shawley tweeted he's like man right as i think i'm getting a hold of this business thing i've been doing it for so long and he owns a couple companies and naka and a couple other cool fitness brands out there he's like you never stop spending i'm spending more than ever so money goes you know and like i knew that too jim knows that we've both been in business for a very long time but like yeah on this scale you're like why is this like why why does this shit door cost so much yeah. Where that should be down to the basics. I kind of understand tech stuff, right? Mm-hmm. We get these cameras. We're like, all right, this camera's kind of expensive. Cameras are that new mm-hmm. shit. But a fucking door? We've mm-hmm. been making doors forever. Give yeah. me a good door for think, a cheap price. Yeah, You think
1: that there'd be a little bit of economy of scale on doors something. at some point? I mean- S- Something. Yeah, the door- or
0: floor. Same idea with the floor. And I know construction's a craft and guys got to work hard to do. I get that. I'm not downplaying anyone's work or anyone's craft by any means. But I'm like, hey, just pour some cement level that bitch out. <laughs> 20 grand? Okay. Fuck
1: <laughs> Yeah. Man. Well, actually, another good example was the sound system because yeah, what was the
0: quote? Oh, I forgot I want
1: to say it was about fifteen grand, yeah, I was
0: going to say ten to fifteen, and then I just and it, it, mostly because of the wiring and we were going to try to do some cool stuff, but yeah, I just and I got a really good one on my own research, and we paid $5,000 to two, two, two grand max yeah, and this thing bumps yeah. It's very, very good. Yeah, and we, me and Jim, just on our basic <laughs> audio knowledge, placed them in the right places, and you get a very even sound throughout
1: the whole gym. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that's owning a business at the root of it all is. And
1: uh, yeah, I think that the story is that when you own a business, um, um, everybody pretty much has their like handout. Yeah, and they want your money, and yeah. and the moment you say it's for business, they think, oh well, you know, whatever you pay me is going to be some kind of write off for you. Yeah, and that's and while that is true right it's still money it's still money it's still you know you start it's cash flow is a thing yeah and we're not saying this to bitch
0: because jim and i were talking off air earlier this morning about like people ask us a lot about business questions and like want to interview us and email us and instagram questions or whatever and i want to help as many people as i can but like I'm, i'm sure i'm an expert compared to someone who's never opened a
1: business but i'm no expert like uh, All we can tell you is our experience. Yeah,
0: I've I've made money, yes, and I've helped multiple companies make a, some money, yes. But that doesn't mean like I can necessarily help you. I'd love to give advice, and maybe that's where we head into our next solo podcast, where we're gonna have uh, Omar off the one and only, and Eric Helms on today f- uh, for you guys to get entertained by. But maybe we do take some business stuff because um, that's the last other question we kind of left off in the last podcast is where we're headed where we're driving this ship you guys are on the boat with us the santa maria and uh we don't know where we're going but we're glad you guys are coming with us Uh, what the format looks like what the content looks like it's us it's always been us um and we still don't know we still have no fucking clue we know a lot of you are stuck at home and not living that fitness dream anymore or you're training by yourself or or a lot of you have maybe rocked with us for nine years and so maybe you don't need us to talk about deadlifts Um, maybe you just love to hear us bitch about never going to Machu Picchu uh we don't know but uh we're still gathering the info we're glad you're here rocking with us and uh yeah maybe it takes a little bit of a turn maybe we try to gather in some um business questions and we just share our experiences with you again we're no experts I'm not Gary V but I can maybe give you some of my experience and Jim's experience opening this bitch um and that's actually what we're going on Omar's podcast to talk about
1: yeah. The other thing, too, is that um, we've made sort of one decision, and that is about once a month we're going to uh, take a particular piece of media, TV show, What were the first two we can tease? You said uh, uh, Fake Famous. Oh, yeah. So yeah. next week, uh, if you have HBO or if you have HBO Max, if you have some flavor of HBO... Uh, check famous out, check out, that. fake famous, and we may talk about social dilemma at the same time. I haven't watched it, but it'd be a good companion piece to yeah, this. I watched it. We're gonna uh, we're gonna break those down as they relate to the businesses we deal with. So basically, what we're gonna take is yeah, piece of media, probably movie, TV,
0: um, documentary type style, old, new, current, whatever. Uh, we're gonna review it and hopefully have like an ongoing conversation with you guys about it. And so this latest one we haven't seen; it's not even out yet. Um, has to do with like an experiment to get people social media famous and how to build a following and a living. Uh, kind of doing it the fake way. So sounds funny, sounds interesting. Uh, the other one we'll probably bounce into because you got to start with the goat. Uh, yeah. So we're gonna probably do Pumping Iron uh, for those that haven't seen it. Check it out. You can probably find it anywhere now. If with, you haven't
1: watched it in a long time, watch it again.
0: Yeah, it's, it is really, really good. I, I've never been a fan of Arnold's movies. There's not a movie that I'm like, yeah, fucking Arnold. Arnold G2. never, he never got me into lifting. Like none yeah, of that. He, yeah. I'm not that guy. But pumping iron to see him, because uh, he's pretty witty in it. Uh, yeah. He's younger, obviously, but he kind of has like a, as I'm looking at the poster, he kind of has like a Muhammad Ali confidence swag about him yeah. in it. Um, and that's something that I've always, I love Vince Vaughn. Yeah, because uh, his character is kind of like that. It's kind of like the cool guy, you know, and and, and they're not they're not cocky, mm. even though Muhammad like Muhammad Ali and, and Schwarzenegger, they do such a good job of being confident and funny without being like demeaning dickhead cocky. Right, And, and I, you can't really define that line. I can't say why they do that, but just watching them, you're never like, oh, that guy sucks. You know, you're always like, damn, that guy's kind of funny. You know, <laughs> like, uh, and Vince Vaughn's kind of that cool guy. And so that's that's probably when I became an Arnold fan is uh, age 19 watching Pumping Iron. Yeah. Um, so we're going to review that guy too. And ma- maybe it's once a month, maybe it's more um, if we can't get good guests. Again, the whole idea was to build a six studio to get a bunch of people in here to chat because that's our favorite thing to do. Nobody goes anywhere anymore. Yeah, no one's traveling. Um, so we're going to figure all that out. Eventually, uh, yeah, a, a, a podcast guest a week, or a month, excuse me, me and Jim chatting a month uh, or two, and then a review. That's where we're sitting right now, probably.
1: Yep. All right, so uh, we're going to break this one off right now. And we're gonna when we resume, we will have uh, Eric Helms and Mr. Omar Isoff with us. So um, we'll be back.
0: Why, Omar, yep. you got some juice, dude? Let the tea out.
2: I wish I, so we, we shared it all uh, off air, and then we did talk some of that smack that we're known for on the Iron Culture one, so I, I'm just here to participate, I'm also here to ask to be let into 3rd Street Barbell, but I, I'm done asking, now I'm going to start demanding. Yeah, I actually just texted
0: with uh, Kyle at the front, and he said it's a $100 oh, day no,
2: pass for you. <laughs> that I have $100. Oh, like, oh sorry, not, not Canadian. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's USD. Oh, sorry, U- we don't it's, take it's USD, USD either. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Bitcoin? Bitcoin, yeah. Yes. We're on all Bitcoin. Ah, okay. Bitcoin and GameStop, GameStop baby. Literally, though, no cash. People keep trying to hand me cash. It's I like, know. no, I don't want any of your cash. I don't want your dirty cash. I don't want- so
3: I have stocks in Radio Shack, mm-hmm. Blockbuster, yes. and GameStop. How much of those do I need to get? So
0: I know we're all memeing here, but have you heard about the la- last Blockbuster?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, is it in Delaware? It's in, Oregon, it's, uh, it's in Which Oregon. isn't that Oregon.
0: far, and they're doing, like, movie nights. <laughs> so, boys, when this pandemic things over how, i thought honestly would be so fun to go into the last blockbuster have access to every movie every snack yeah. and you just chill and watch movies in this ancient rental store there so i don't, I don't
3: think we should do it if it's in delaware because there's so many llc's licensed in delaware i just imagine it's just a sea of entrepreneurs <laughs> and there's like standing room only it is how know, it works so. yeah Either populations nah, yeah.
0: quadrupled every day. <laughs> <laughs> this is you <laughs> said it's Oregon, though, right? I think it is Oregon. I think it's in yeah. Southern Oregon.
2: Oh, I thought you said that was Omar. Yeah, yeah. I just took I took a guess, Eric. I shot my shot. <laughs> was, I was wrong. That was very <laughs> was, Canadian of you. Pick yeah. a random state. Yeah, <laughs> Delaware. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Because I I remember it was a smaller, less populated. Even though Oregon has what yeah, a, it's a few still million small. people. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's of in the million. middle of but, nowhere, yeah. Oregon. I might be wrong too.
1: You know, I don't really know shit. Yeah, there's a documentary about it on YouTube. How
0: crazy is Uh, that we were talking about in your guys' podcast? Ladies and gentlemen, no no introduction needed. Two of my favorite humans, not only in industry, who I always point to when people ask me who to follow, but as friends and human beings, honestly, two of my favorite people. The greatest compliment I could give, and I don't know if I could verbalize it as well, but is when you leave the company of someone and you feel like stronger, mentally more positive, more driven, more inspired. And that's something that I not to get too serious too early, but that's something I always feel talking to you guys and leaving you guys. Um, We've been in a podcast lull. Our hours are nuts, works nuts. I like podcasting in person. As Omar knows, we spent billions of dollars traveling the world (laughs) podcasting together.
2: Uh, i lost a lot of money. I
0: enjoy that way more. Um, and so not only have our hours and we built this studio, we want to podcast with people. So I just haven't been excited to podcast. But as soon as I got the message from you guys, I got a little flame under the booty and we got a little bit excited. So Omar Esoff, Eric Helms, Dr. Eric Helms of Iron Culture, uh, two mm-hmm. two very accomplished folks in their industry. Again, no introduction needed. Um, thank you for coming. Thanks for hanging out. I was going somewhere with the states Delaware blockbuster, but I thought, I think my oh, mom. Maybe. We were talking off fair. My mom was talking shit to me. No mom,
2: uh, or she said she
0: listened <laughs> to my podcast. I think, but I don't think she does because then she was talking shit on some random podcast. She's like, these guys talked for forty five minutes, didn't introduce their guests, and I was like, fuck, I do that all the time. <laughs> so <laughs> now I'm like, all right, mom. If mom listens, I don't want her to think I'm a failure podcast. Hey,
2: oh, that's our MO. Well, I'll. I'll just say that we're in the presence of good company, Ah. some might say, so we're thrilled to be here. And just to wrap a little neat bow tie on the blockbuster conversation, I do think there is that missing element in modernity uh, with Netflix of the tactile, tangible experience of going to a place. Having not that much knowledge on maybe the films other than what's selling it, the thumbnail, which would be the box uh, art cover, and then reading the back and having a more limited selection and the idea that you have to make the trip there. So there's even more intent rather than I don't know if anyone can relate. One, I don't like Netflix, but let's say you go on Netflix because the ratio of good quality to bad quality, you just get. Not only overwhelmed, but you get pacified where you just start surfing for 20, 30 minutes. "Ah, That looks pretty good. That looks pretty good. And you don't make a choice. Blockbuster, because your ass is inside there, you have to make a choice. So there might be a reduced selection. It might be more inconvenient and might cost more per, you know, trip or or per rent. But you can't replace that in-person experience. Kind of like a gym culture, some might say, online versus in-person.
0: I couldn't agree more. And video games. The amount of, like, Nintendo... I wouldn't have played if I couldn't go rent games and randomly choose it by the cover. My childhood would have been just naked and scared.
1: And to, to wrap the whole good company thing up, uh, and Blockbuster, uh, wrap it up with Blockbuster, everybody here must have had the Blockbuster key tag on your keychain at some point.
0: Well, I didn't have keys...
2: When Blockbuster was around, but I'm sure my mom did. Okay, well, I wasn't allowed around sharp objects. But I mean, I, I, yeah, you know,
1: with a little barcode on it where they scan it. You know, when you yes. when you're renting your movies. So uh, our new door access system that's coming soon as soon as I figure out how to install it, and our new check-in mm-hmm. system are, is based around exactly one of those, and not a Blockbuster oh, well, well. one, but like for for us, it's got our it's got Goody Bear on it, and it's it's our mm-hmm. our our yellow gold color. And, and, it, cool. and it says member in good company.
2: Amazing. Belonging part of community. Eric, real quick before we go on, because we're talking Blockbuster <laughs> and we, we talk about them, them lonely nights as uh, youngsters. Were, were you, uh, uh, did you play video games uh, growing up? Was that like one of the things that you would do yet? Would you rent from Blockbuster? Or? Man, uh, I had to give up video games so that I could be a
3: successful entrepreneur. <laughs> I still remember the. Uh, Not even that, even a successful bodybuilder. I remember the day in 2006, and uh, on our podcast that happened just 20 minutes ago on Iron Culture, I gave a shout out to Todd Beasley. uh, Mm -hmm. And we lived five minutes from the California Family Fitness um, walking. That's how far it was for me. And one day I found myself going to be late yet again, despite the fact that I live within meters of this place because I wanted to get to the next uh, portion of the game in Baldur's Gate 2, and I was considering being late to a workout, and it was that moment that I stopped playing video games serious because it started to interfere with my, my quest for muscle. Um, and I saw like, my addictive personality rearing its head. But no, I was full on addict from that point uh, before that. I played Halo obsessively mm. in, uh, mm. in, 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 in the Air Force. Uh, And I played all video games. I had a Super Nintendo and Nintendo uh, growing up. uh, And I played many, 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 many uh, games on on my computer. So yeah.
0: (laughs) I think we've all shared similar paths. I think Omar and I have as well. And there's about eight years that I didn't play video games. Um, I felt like a failure. I'm living on my mom's couch. I dropped out of college. I didn't know what to do. I was like, all right, no more Call of Duty. And I didn't pick it up until I was 26, 27, where I'm still a failure, but now I'm good at video games. And I would like to throw one back at you, Eric. And it sounds like your muscle building interfered with your gaming. Uh, You phrased Mm -hmm. it opposite, but from a nerd, I, I think that... Your thumbs probably aren't as accurate as they used to be, Um, and maybe, maybe I'll build an arcade out back here somehow. So when you do visit, we can, you know, just rekindle a little fun
3: in the video game sphere. Uh, I'm down. I think so long as it's one of those things, like I I can be a recreational drug user. I just can't have it in my home and do it regularly. That's good. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But no, but actually in all all seriousness, I have, after my PhD, we did get some video game systems here. And I found I actually have a very different relationship with them now, 2017 and later, where I have so much going on. Like I just pick an hour and I do something and sometimes I play games with my wife and she has a very different gaming background. So we have to find games that are relatively simple. Like we play like uh, Dr. Mario together and when I play on my own, I play for an hour and I stop. So I have actually evolved uh, and I still love it. I'm down. And tiny tangent that could turn into a whole podcast that we don't have. No, to No, I'd love to. I actually see lifting weights, uh, bodybuilding, and powerlifting very similarly <laughs> oh to God, the way that I see video games. It's like I'm I'm, yeah. I'm like building my character. I'm I'm going on a hero's journey, and I'm like, oh, and then I'll compete in this show, and then I'll get my squat up to yeah. this. Uh, the only downside is occasionally I hurt my back or get the eating disorder, but. Um, Different different takes, temporary status ailments. I would actually, Uh, yeah, exactly. uh, Higher stakes than the video game. My
0: gaming's actually evolved, maybe worse than yours. Where I literally can't play games alone. Um, I would play for hours, whether it be Halo Online or even pre that Mario Kart. Anything I played hours. Kobe Bryant courtside was one of my games on N sixty four. Literally ten hours straight, dude. Not even blink. Now as an adult, I can't play unless it's a social endeavor, and I don't even Mm. almost don't even care what game we're playing. If the homies are playing, I'm like, all right, man, I'll grab it. And I'll, it's it's social hour. Something interesting that to relate it to uh, a different aspect of lifting, where it is an individual thing, gaming. Uh, and I actually like where we're headed. We're just going to free ball this one, Jimbo. No, Sorry, feel free. So uh, I had a podcast. Um, Jim throws his yeah, notes yeah, he's, away. He's, like three pages. He spent he's like, a decade on this. <laughs> 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 uh, we uh, I did an interview with somebody like a year ago, and they were bringing up to me about <clears throat> gaming. Uh actually my boy Andy Dooley Shout out Andy And Andy's interviewing me And he's talking about my How I like gaming And how I like these things And he said You know what I find interesting about gaming Is you have uh, He said he thinks it's good for the male uh, um, EQ Emotional intelligence He said you'll have some conversations And learn some things about a dude When he's zoning out in a game That you guys would never talk about And I started to think about it I was like oh yeah man maybe you're right so another shout out shout out my boy Bibby who games with me every single day for two years never met the kid in my life and I met him because he came into my Twitch chat because he was sad his girlfriend broke up to him but that dude's never walking in my gym looking me in the eye and say hey man I need to chat my girlfriend broke up with me he would never do that but we're gaming we're online, he's like, yeah, man. And so then I was like, oh, what's up, dude? You know, and then we just got real close because you, you just zone out for a couple hours, and you'll just talk about whatever's on your mind. Like, the filter's gone because your concentration's on the game. Where in real life, we're all worried about our ego, and like, will Omar judge me if I tell him I think I'm fat and my girlfriend broke up with me, or, you know? There's, it kind of takes yes. some of that away from, oh. It would take some of that away from it. Uh, and so I think there is something beautiful to the, the grind and I, I, I hate it because gamers really talk about the grind that way and they talk, they do. And, and I get it, but I don't like it because I'm like, just go grind something slightly more productive than like a badge, um, uh, right? Like even business, I mean, you can whittle it all down to whatever you want. If, if, if finances and nice things aren't your cup of tea or whatever, then you can think grinding at business is stupid too and you should spend more time with your mom or whatever, right? It's all perspective. But I do hate that term, but it is so, it, it is a form of dedication to get really good at something. Because early COVID, I was streaming 12 hours, 16 hours a day, and I was real nice at Call of Duty. Then we opened a gym and I went back and played and my thumbs just don't work. My thumbs literally stopped working. And it's sad. Thumb atrophy. Same thing happened to my lifting. I took a year off, You come back and you squat 225. You're like, damn, this doesn't feel like 225 did last year.
2: I'm I'm seeing them five plate squats first off. I will say that one of the few times because I'm actually not a social gamer. I I like playing uh, games by myself unless it's with my brother because I have that established rapport. So I focus like the narrative experience or whatever, being immersed. I, I kind of I almost get thrown out when there's other people involved because yeah. I'm trying to be completely immersed. But it's but it's by games. style it's, of game too. I
3: I it depends. It's very 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 yeah. style of game dependent. Like yeah. so, if I tell someone I like role playing games and they're like. Oh, like do you like an MMO? I I just want to punch him in the mouth. Because it is totally not the same to be like, Oh, I'm learning about this fantastical world, then like Dick Munch sixty four runs by (laughs) and and like yells. Sorry about that, dude. I'm like Yeah, and he's (laughs) and he's on the same quest like yep. he's going up to the same guy and like oh you got the magical one only
2: ring as well thanks I'm uh, glad it respawned in your area and I'm like
3: what is this this is trash yeah Mm-mm. go Mm-mm. ahead not,
2: yeah Eric not even close to being the same thing it does remind me at the time one of the few times I played Fortnite yeah. with Mike and company and one of his homies just said well we're playing together he just blurted out I don't want to die alone it's my biggest fear and I'm just like trying to reload I'm like hey <laughs> don't uh, you do you have shot and I just I pretended I didn't hear that shit and I just said do you got shotgun ammo because like I'm new to this game. Is it rifles? Like what's going on? And he and he just like played it off. But for me, he opened I opened you know, up to you, bro. That was, was that? he opened up to you. Nope. you should trying to get some no. ammo. I'm trying to learn the ropes of these games because I'm trying to get that that small That's dopamine so drip of becoming slowly better. I'm not here for conversation. <laughs> oh I think that it, it
0: is so game dependent because I like the team sport aspect of it. Where I think talking about an RPG, you're playing that. For like a movie feel, you're feeling it. You're playing it for the story, the immersion. Where I'm playing it, yeah, to to strategize with the boys to feel like I'm in high school again, playing basketball,
2: living the yearbook. See, and the gym, and you know what's weird is I'd actually put forth that the gym is kind of like that for me. Like when I train with you guys, when I go down, the idea of a squad or belonging to a team, that's the gym for me. That oftentimes for gamers they will uh, uh, use video games to uh, take place of that so the very real in person like yeah like we're attacking its role mutually you know uh, getting after our goals like Eric's preparing for his body show uh, bodybuilding show I found out on that day that I'm definitely not 12 percent body fat it was somewhat <laughs> at, 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 at a, at, at least 10% there, I'm like, shit's got to change. I'm like, yeah, we're part of the squad. Eric's like, but you're not competing. I'm like, yeah, but I'm there encouraging you. He said, yeah, but you don't need to be there. And I said, yeah, but that's the thing about bodybuilding. You don't do it alone. He said, actually, you do do it alone. So it's in that way that it's a team-building sport. Yeah. Supportive uh, team. Well said. Th- thanks
1: for Thank that, Omar. You. That makes up for the story that we heard from Eric earlier that we did not include in the show. Due- oh, Because I laughed my ass off at that. But this was that was just the primer. This
2: was great. Mm. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Omar's I'm, got the better ones. Yep, yeah, yeah. Not 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 ready for people people opening up. I'm like, S- say that shit to yourself. Like this is not you ain't <laughs> paying me to be sick. your therapist, kid. Pass, pass me and, the well, shotgun. Eric, so Eric knows. Nah, I'm joking, but Eric knows that. That's why when he said that, that is such a veteran move of being clearly a trainer that wants to help people, but you can't create that separation. And I've seen the owner Sean of the gym that I go to almost when I say lose his mind, it's because he makes himself available, but there are no limits. So when he's in the gym, there'll be eight people that boom immediately come up to yeah, him. Yeah. And so the, the trick of putting in, even if you can't have, you know, uh, headphones plugged in for whatever reason, pretending you're busy. If someone has social acuity, it's like, okay, this guy just wants to train. Like let him go train. You
1: know, how come my wife doesn't understand that? Cause I can be walking through the house, listening to something and I have your ear- uh, AirPods in or whatever. And she starts talking to me like I can hear her and I can't hear you. Like you could talk all day long. That's the
2: short answer. Yeah.
1: I don't hear anything that you're saying.
2: I've made a,
0: uh, non rule rule for years with our training group that you're not allowed to wear headphones um again to kind of build in the the team stuff and if you want to go work out by yourself like that's fine by all means but if you're like training with me and you're spotting me and i'm loading plates for you we're, we're gonna listen the same music and, and i'll let you choose the music i don't care i'm not that guy again like the video game thing i don't need to be no omar we're not going to burger king we're going to mcdonald's like is there chicken nuggies i'll go okay i'll figure it out right so i don't care what music's on but we're gonna do this thing together Because of the same thing. Yeah, like people are kind of talking, they're kind of not talking. Um, And I think little things like that can build into the team. Obviously, when you work there, it does become a different animal. But luckily, I've gotten some pretty decent workouts here. Sometimes I work out in the middle of the day, so I'm all by myself. Um, But as past commercial experience, we were talking about this on Iron Culture. Check it out. uh, With the boys about uh, training, different training experiences. Uh, And it really does. Luckily here, because I think we built this, I have no negative feelings in here. Um, and not that I had negative feelings at my past job, but when you're working for someone else, you're a trainer on the floor. Yeah, I mean, you definitely can have some negative feelings, but uh, <laughs> uh, but then but then yeah, you're there and you're the expert, and everyone's looking at you or asking you or whatever. That really is I, back at my commercial gym. That was the worst feeling of all freaking time. Oh, yeah. That's all
3: <laughs> my side rant. I, I just honestly, it's 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 no different than like you going out to dinner with a group of people and everyone who i think has the the emotional intelligence uh they don't they leave their phones in their pocket yeah, yeah right yeah. you know so you can actually connect and, and, and experience together and and that's not just like we're sharing space you know
0: yeah 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 like like why are you here otherwise that's kind of like the headphone is to me like it's not as extreme the phone in your face is kind of weird if you're in a group of four and you're chatting or whatever um but in the gym I'm like well why are you here like Especially, I think, because the communities we try to build and the places we lift and the training partners that we've all been lucky enough to have. Like, if Omar's coming down here, like, I want to joke, chat, And I want him to look at my squad in case something looks weird to him or something. Like if I'm going to headphone in and just say, fuck you, like Omar just (laughs) flew thousands of miles. What's the point? And even on a day to day, like why have my training partners or like my guys try to build me up? I'm trying to soak in your energy and I'm trying to put it right back out to you. Uh, Why am I closing myself off? And I'm not social. I I don't want to talk to people. I don't like talking to people. I'd rather close myself in my room in, in general in life. So when you do, when I do step out into those things, like you said, like, why aren't we trying to experience that and that's a whole nother topic cell phones and people and where our communities being are present mike i, I do wonder you know, like
2: that's being present in the moment
0: 100 i do wonder if, if it'll get better through something like this because people are forced to be isolated right like maybe when they you know the the gate the gates release and people can be more social and go back to normal activities maybe they'll, they'll realize how precious that that may be uh as the last whatever eight to 20 years have been so digital and now it's like more digital than mm. ever. Like uh, literally, we could be having this podcast in person. You know what I mean? And we very well, that we totally can't. But well, it'd be great if we could. No, what I'm saying, that we without the pandemic, yeah. it, we very much likely would. We did one a year ago together, and it was tons of fun. I had way more fun on that trip. Not that i would not enjoying this experience with you guys, but we grabbed sushi and we did all these
3: things. Of course. You know what I mean? Like it was you can't, just yeah. yeah, it was so fun. That was almost two years ago, July
0: twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah, isn't that wild? Uh, We were uh, doing the pre roll to this, and uh, I kept saying like two thousand seventeen in my head. I don't know why. Like, and I know why. Yeah, I mean, there's some reasons, but I, but it just doesn't twenty twenty one doesn't stick right now. Like, it's
2: it's so wild. No, my, we have mm-hmm. so much history. You could pick the year when. So Mike was actually the first person to pick me up when I first came down to Sacramento from the airport, and we connected. Was it a, uh, I think it was a. It, was it a Denny's or
0: IHOP? Even even worse or IHOP
2: because it's right near the air, yeah. er, airport. And I said, "Hey, man, like I had like a connective It's been eight hours. If you don't mind, I actually didn't get breakfast there, and I don't like eating on airplanes." Can we you're like, "Yeah, not a problem." And we you know bonded instantly. But there's the 2015 run where there's two trips. There was one in January, then I came back in August when we went to Bossa Bosses. To, then, like 2016 we also connected then it'd be uh 27 like every basically every single year besides actually including last year i did come down in yep. january but i've basically seen uh you uh, i've seen jim in person every single year since 2015 yeah, multiple at least times. once or twice two,
0: well, yeah and a couple of them we saw each other every month
2: Well no, bro so the <laughs> let's let's reminisce for uh two seconds here on what it's like because eric People don't understand. They also don't understand. It's like Iron Culture. These podcasts. We're not making a dime. In fact, a big corporation did reach out to us, offering us uh, money in exchange uh, to be exclusive on their platform. And we said, you know what? We're we're men of the people. Okay, we want to get swole for all. Was actually one of the original titles for Iron Culture. Uh, besides, can you just forward of, them to uh, us? Yeah, totally need that. Oh, right. Yeah. you want my yeah. podcast on Pornhub.com? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'll get the tattoo if you're a corporation, right here, guys. <laughs> sure. Um, but myself and I could say that like I did the taxes, like we filed it. it <laughs> isn't 2018 when we did that podcast together? Mama's Boys was the idea. We basically want to travel together, and so you could use that as an excuse to have a podcast uh, to go out and travel. But I think we travel to three or four places. And Eric, we we paid for all our guests, so every guest that would come, you know, we pay for dinner. All the, like shit actually starts adding up when it's us two plus. I uh, have two other guys so that's four plus the two guests or three guests that's seven people you go to a meal they want to drink you're not going to say no one person actually I'll share this uh, <laughs> it's like a week long quick. trip
0: too like cuz we uh, tried to we did we put out a podcast every single week still so we'd go yeah. I I don't know what our record is our record might be 10 podcasts in a day or something stupid ah. like oh, it was yeah, something no,
2: no, it, it, absolutely insane I think there's probably 34 Kanye West references between <laughs> because those. Because that's when he was uh, freaking out.
0: It was no. I, I went to his concert where he freaked out, and then we podcasted, and then he freaked out again, and then.
3: <laughs> no. and he's only. So and are you, are you yeah. saying Kanye West said some weird stuff? No, that's,
0: no, no, no. He, he nah. yeah. There's more. He he's really in the that. news right now
1: too. <laughs> Really, oh, that's so strange. I'm hey, not just a level guy.
2: I'm not gonna let Mr. this Consistent. derail into a Kanye West podcast episode because I won't <laughs> let that happen too many times with Mama's Boys. I will just say that uh, as an anecdote. So one, it was several thousand dollars. I think myself and Mike sunk like seven to eight thousand, uh, including the trips together. So yeah, that up, it's like 15, 16 grand. Uh, no sponsors, but interestingly enough, we couldn't say no to this one guest, Eric. This is no joke. It was the guest' idea to go to this extremely fancy restaurant because I guess they're a restaurant connoisseur uh, in Manhattan. Do you know and that was bill, a year ago? That was a
0: year ago this weekend. Or it was
2: 2018. It was 2018. Three was 2018. years yeah, ago yeah. this it's weekend. Three, ago. Yeah,
0: but this Super weekend, no, yeah, yeah we, it was yeah. the Super Bowl, Mike. And so we go to a so fancy steakhouse on the
1: Super Bowl. <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> no one's there. His idea. It was, His actually, idea. Sick. His it was idea. actually sick. It's a great memory. Yeah. No one's there.
2: Yeah, no, and Mike, you know this, so we like we're not disclosing who it is, but roughly for uh, ourselves, our camera dude, who I felt I felt bad for our camera. So we told them because Eric, this place was very ritzy, like it's hundred dollars minimum for what you're ordering. He felt but he's like, should I order and We say no, dude, like don't worry about it. Do you remember, Mike, what the bill was? I, I know it was several thousand dollars. I have
0: a number in my head. It was either eighteen or twenty eight hundred.
2: Yeah, no, is it? Was in, and <laughs> the thing is, was like what eight it's going to be awkward. Because it's the guy, it's like, we're going to ask him, the case. so, like, obviously, we're splitting this. We It was his, like, he was, like, so excited. Oh, man, you're in my city. I'll take you to the best spot. And myself and Mike were just, like, talking to each other, like, hey, so we, we like, Is this we're taking care of this. Yeah. 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 But it was an experience.
1: Uh, yeah, well, hey, experiences over things, right?
0: I, I like to think so, but I do like nice shit.
1: I don't hate nice shit. Yeah, I like nice things. I do like experiences, though. I like to go anywhere now, though.
3: <laughs> What's the hey, thing? I have I have a tough time, um, like around the holidays, because no one knows what to get me. Because I, I don't, I don't want things. Yeah, I'm like I, I started to realize, you know, when you're a kid, you don't have the ability to buy things you want, and most of the things you want are things you don't need. And your parents are providing for what you need, so you have no self concept of what you should actually spend your money on. And as an adult now, I hate gifts and holidays. I used to love getting gifts because I was a selfish child, <laughs> um, like most children. But now, like, it's like, oh my God, like, if you need something, you're an adult, you're probably gonna buy it. If I need something, I'm an adult, I'm probably gonna buy it. So now the gift giving has this responsibility of going, I know you this well, I'm going to show effort and I'm going to express my care and the value of our relationship by finding something that really fits it perfectly. And it's just far too high of an expectation barrier. And I normally just tell everyone, please don't get me anything. I won't don't get me anything. I won't get you anything. And we'll maybe go on a trip together. I'm very we'll similar. Grab
0: a bite yeah, that's to eat. that's me, too. That's do you, too. Uh, Eric, so. you have a, a lot of extended family, uh, obviously, the pandemic and things this year. But do you spend holidays with a bunch of people? You're obviously living overseas um, from your immediate family. Uh, but do you normally travel for the holidays? What was like uh, the big hiccup there this year for you? Or was there
3: one? Yeah, good question. So I'm I'm a, I have a very small immediate family. So my, my father's not alive anymore. My mom is here. Oh, she's I in have New no Zealand. Sibling. So, she oh, is. very cool! She I didn't She came out that. here in 2019 before the pandemic, which I'm very grateful very for, because cool. she's turning uh, 71 this year. So, yeah, for the immediate squad, you know, it's me, my wife, um, and 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 my mom, and my two cats. You know, we normally have like a a morning together, and then we we go on some some trip within New Zealand, typically to see something that she hasn't seen yet, or hopefully all three of us haven't. Um, however. I would normally try to either have a family member from California, an extended family member or couple come here, like my cousins or uncle or something like that. Or we would go to Sacramento and normally we would, you know, uh, as as those who listen to the Iron Culture, uh, twin pairing. Uh, It's like a wine pairing, I would Mm -hmm. say, if we want to go with expensive family restaurant. (laughs) Uh, That podcast with this one, this is the steak, we're the wine. We're going to give you guys that. Yeah. I talked about how I, I had a very tight relationship with my uncle in the, in the greater Sacramento area. We would normally go spend the holidays with them, but that's something right now we, we couldn't do. Yeah. Um, so all of 2020, I I normally travel almost every month, at least once, to go speak somewhere or do something. And I traveled in January, February, and that was it, or maybe March as well. But anyway, the pandemic hit right around like early March, and I was in Costa Rica, and it was... I know that sounds crazy, like, you're traveling, but it was pre-awareness like awareness of this yeah. was a big deal. Um, so I got back and I haven't traveled since March outside of the country. And that was amazing for six months. And then I actually started to find like, oh, I, I overdid it before, which I've now learned through the pandemic, like I'm much happier to travel less. <laughs> but I do actually like to travel some and I haven't seen my family except over Zoom. So that was the, the wrench in the gears for me. Yeah, that was gonna be my um,
0: next question is, uh... Yeah, did you find out you were traveling too much and lo- and, and miss it or, or hate it? But somewhere in between, you think?
3: Yeah, well, it started as, as, the, as the former, yeah. right? I was like, oh, man, I, I didn't have to go to this event, yeah. this event, this event, this event. I've been home for six months. I'm making good gains. Um, like, and uh, we're very fortunate here in New Zealand where we have uh, it controlled within the community. Um, so like, I've competed in uh, Highland Games competition, A powerlifting meet and an Olympic weightlifting uh, competition. And I've got a powerlifting meet coming up in April, you know, Mm -hmm. fingers crossed if things stay controlled in the community. So we're super, super fortunate. Um, But I have found that, like, the reason why I started traveling was because it was awesome, you know, and I think you just get in the mix of it and you do too much of something that you love and it starts to devalue it. But I remember the first time, like, in 2014. 2013 or 2014 like that was right where it started people would email me and be like hey do you want to come to this country I'll put you up fly you out and pay you to talk about bodybuilding and you know when when, when it's over you've got a few days to go see you know this, this cool place you've never been before and I was like is this real life this is amazing you know yeah yeah go to London for the first time in my life ever and talk about bodybuilding to a bunch of interested people and you're gonna pay me to do that and put me up yeah absolutely. And then I just did it so much that I was never home and I didn't get to train the way I wanted and I'm jet lagged, et cetera, et cetera. So I think I thrive off it, but I think there's a limit to everything. Yeah. And I found um, I had probably built up for the last six years too much travel to where, man, I love those first six to seven months. And then I was kind of like, man, I wouldn't mind doing a little bit of traveling. Yeah. So it's it's helped me recalibrate probably what's the the, the optimal dose response
0: for me oh. omar uh similar thing i think uh without putting words in your mouth you're similar to me um but you have a smallish family uh yeah. they at least immediate family that you spend your holidays with so you got to do that i know um what about traveling and stuff like you uh what, what's the biggest change in uh, uh COVID for you have, have you been a little happier you've been a little sadder
2: so not that i feel good i it, it's been great yeah you know <laughs> i've been very fortunate um i i Fortunately, the home life is set up in such a way that all the things I want to do, if I want to watch films, if I want to read, if I want to listen to music, if I want to play music, we have a backyard here so you don't feel that you're trapped, Uh, you can walk around the neighborhood. In general, I, I am uh, actually more of an introvert. And so I do enjoy a lot of that alone time. And so the recalibration, kind of what Eric was saying, is that I, I sometimes feel uh, a need, a uh, social obligation sometimes on occasion. And now that that's removed, so there is a very rational explanation why I can't show up to things or why things yeah. are canceled. It takes a pressure off. So it's like, no, I'm just going to stay here. It's like, <laughs> this is good. And so it, it actually has been amazing in a few different ways where it is a reset in terms of uh, like a recalibration in terms of what you can and can't do. So armed with a, a lack of uh, supposed choices, you instead can focus on what you want to do. So even even the things like th- there's been a long time where the YouTube content I wanted to do a great restructuring, like hire an actual good videographer planned th- some things out there was a plan for myself to open up a gym that's been now it's, it's actually going to be in July, it's gonna be three years since I announced that I wanted to open a gym and there's still no gym location, but uh, uh, different things to do. We're it allowed me to focus and take an account, like actually an accounting of life, of like, hey, what's bringing me uh, income? What's not bringing me income? There's something actually, Eric uh, probably isn't aware of this, but when we were speaking before, and it means a lot to me uh, that Eric wanted to do the podcast because actually I know how incredibly busy Eric is. And one of the things that he said when I asked, I, this is years ago, but I asked a question and he said, I think it was framed as such that uh, what I think about is would I be available uh, a year from now as well as right now? Because you have to think you're adding complexity to your overall day to day. And so uh, I noticed after when the pandemic hit, I'm like, okay, how many like businesses have I involved in a handful? Like what's going on here? What's, what's going on that? Like where do I spend my time? What's my what's my weekly workload uh, like? And even little things like going to the gym, I was used to, you know, you're on your phone, like you gotta be productive. It's like, do you actually, it's like, this is just extremely poor time management. So it was a great reset on those things. And it was a whittling down and then a freeing up where, you know, I was, I was able to, do a few things where i wasn't dependent upon a frequency of a particular type of content where i was allowed that freedom so i've been like i said when i said i've been blessed i think in 2021 if things open up or 2022 i'd want to travel to travel for travel sake to enjoy to see uh, new cultures and experience things is something i want to do for a long period of time but i felt like i couldn't take the gas off uh, of my foot off the gas pedal but then when i travel now too it is nice to interact with people and i always do like when i travel and the people in particular we're, we're all blessed here in this opportunity where you, you could just say no. It's not like, oh, it's a work trip. I have to go here. I don't want to go here. I don't want to communicate with those people. I know exactly what that's like. So it, it, it's been very good. And I think we're in a little slice of uh, heaven, so to speak, where I know many people like businesses, brick and mortar businesses, yeah. where people, I know some people that open up, I know one person in particular uh, that opened up their dream business like a few months prior. And, and you know, just how tough things are. So I have perspective's very important on these things.
1: Yeah, I, I I miss traveling, but I don't miss I don't miss business travel. I think that's kind of what all of us are saying. Like <clears throat> it's fun to go places and, and actually experience the culture and, and the food and and see the sights that you don't get to see all the time and sort of change the texture of your life for a while. But mm. traveling for work in general, is just stressful.
0: Yeah, it's a whirlwind.
1: Yeah, I mean you're just you're you're tired all the time, and your brain is struggling to keep up with whatever jet lag that you have. And I mean, if you're going for business, and your brain's got to be on. Yeah. If you're going for for pleasure, your brain only has to figure out how to make yourself happy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you know? yeah. True. And and there's I mean you you're going to a target-rich environment to make yourself happy if you're going on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. In my mind, at least. I'm
0: locking myself. Oh, in thank my you house. for having us on. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> no, I I just want to say that uh, earlier when we when we uh, uh, s- started your show, actually before we started your show, and you guys came on screen, like my eyes dilated because it's been so long since I've seen you, and I love you guys both so much. And uh, you're such a a uh, I don't want to just mirror exactly what Mike said, but just such a both of you are a positive force in the in this community in the in the online fitness community. And have always been like, you guys don't have like, like blemishes. You never had to like repair it at your online image or anything like that. you have always just been good people and, and just kind of let yourself be good people everywhere. I'm really glad Eric. He doesn't know about our only fans, but <laughs> I,
3: all I gotta say is it was a good move to change my name before I got into the fitness industry. There you go.
0: Omar was um, saying something about human centipedes or something. Yeah, that
1: was, there was something about that earlier.
2: Another great film reference, just if people want <laughs> Never to look it seen up. it.
0: Um, mm-hmm. The, the mm-hmm. term of 50% don't. facts has uh, been changed, and so it's probably going to change episode by episode. But for this one, we just talked about life, you guys, everything. Let's get 15 minutes on an actual fitness topic, if you buzz, don't mind. And I feel like it's an ever-changing uh, Um, topic and argument, and I feel like there's, and maybe Eric, you can start with uh, the slight controversy that may be, yeah, turn the brain back on, Uh, the ever slight controversy that's still going on about maybe the stimuluses involved between, um, there that may differ between uh, bodybuilding and powerlifting I feel like again The the, the wave of the evidence Has kind of gone back and forth and I think this is a great topic To talk to both of you Because Omar is Mr. Athletic Aesthetic uh, And Eric, you compete uh, heavily In both powerlifting and bodybuilding um, And me and Jim do neither So we're also ne- neutral on these cases uh, That, um, yeah I felt like for a while Everyone's just like Volume, volume drives both That's all we got to care about Just volume, volume, volume And now there may be some evidence There may be some arguments on both Sides, um, what what are the arguments, and then maybe where do you sit?
3: Yeah, so so I think for the the, the what are the arguments? These this is an argument that's gone back far longer than the quote unquote evidence based community has even existed, and it has always been a frustrating one to, to to watch and take part in because I think it it rests almost on like a fundamental misunderstanding of like volume versus the actual mechanism. Uh, that that produces muscular adaptations. So, I mean, we could go back to the the original HIT, not high intensity inter- interval training, but high intensity training, um, where the the postulation is that you know pushing a muscle and creating an intensity based stress, which I think when you talk to the HIT people, it's like going to failure. So effort, right? Effort is everything, and, and not effort in kind of like a broader look at the whole program, but effort like right now. Like those last few reps are, are what gets it done. And if you do a bunch of volume, that actually takes away from your ability. You know, it's kind of that whole idea of you can't be in first gear and go 120 miles per hour, right? So the the fundamental tenet of S&C is that, you know, the more volume you do, that lessens your intensity and vice versa. And at some point that that is basically true. Like if you think about exercise physiology, you can't run a hundred meter pace for a marathon, right? Um, so, you know, the, the, the counter example to, to, to mentor is typically Arnold. That was kind of that era. And then we had the, 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 like the Dorian, which is a, uh, you know, a newer example. Anyone who's watched like Blood and Guts, he's actually asked questions about like what do you do if you plateau? And he says you have to find another way to add intensity. So that's eccentrics, forced reps, um, spotted reps, you know, pre-exhaust. And I think the, the problem here is that they're being pitted against each other. And this is something that people keep just misunderstanding, misunderstanding. And it is like when people say volume is a primary driver, I say volume of what, you know? And ultimately go, whoa, well, you know, productive work. And it's like, okay, well then what's productive work? And then ultimately you come back to, well, it's sufficient effort. It is getting to a reasonable proximity to failure. So the entire premise of going, you know, volume versus load or intensity or proximity to failure is is misplaced in my opinion, because you can create situations where that difference is, is obvious. So, for example, if you did ten sets of six with forty percent of your one RM, with ten minutes rest between sets, for an untrained for a trained person, that would probably do do nothing except waste time, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, easy. It's, it's you're you're twenty reps from failure. Uh, you're you're essentially just moving strangely for no reason with, with a barbell loaded with like five pounds, right? Um, So like that is a much higher volume than doing one set of an 8RM to, 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 as most you could do on one movement once per week. So in that example, I would be pretty confident in a trained lifter that they would get a better stimulus for growth or strength uh, from doing that, that single 8RM once per week. But the volume, if you were to multiply sets times reps times load, would be a, a tiny fraction. So I think a better way of viewing it is that the effort, the intensity, the proximity to failure, and all the ways you want to define it, um, that is the causative factor. But if you do very little of it, or if there's not a progressive nature to it, then it is not going to be as effective as doing a higher volume of sufficient work. And I think that's really where the, the more interesting question lies, is is it better to emphasize the effort per set or the volume and knowing that to do one or the other requires something to give. So if I want to take an approach where everything is to an 11 RPE, every sets to failure, we know that's going to cause a little more muscle damage per set. We know that's going to cause more fatigue. We know that's going to make it necessarily more difficult to do a lot of work in that workout and to do anything similar in subsequent workouts if they're in a close time proximity. It kind of takes like full body training off the table if with any sufficient kind of volume. Uh, You you can really emphasize just the intensity and no volume, like going Bulgarian. Like, all I do is a rep. Yeah, yeah. It's a really hard rep. It's the hardest rep, and I can do it tomorrow as well. But you'll notice that there are no systems that have have followers that emphasize volume, intensity, and frequency. Mm. And then you have to ask yourself, why is that? They're broken. Because you. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) They died. Right. You know? So. So, th- so then the question is, all right, well, in what situations, for what goals, for what people, should I emphasize the, the difficulty percent more, or should I emphasize more volume? And I think the answer is that there's a time and a place for both. That's essentially what periodization is, right? You know, if, if we know that uh, sufficient proximity to failure is required, but you don't need to go all the way to failure, but we know that volume has kind of a dose-response relationship, more so with hypertrophy, but to some degree for strength... And intensity is more important with load on the bar for strength than a strength athlete, it would probably make more sense to be doing more volume at some phase and then higher intensity, lower volumes, maybe closer to the time when you're actually going to test that strength. And I think if you look at it from that perspective, uh, the debate starts to get a little clearer. Um, And then for hypertrophy, I think it is a more difficult thing to parse out because it's harder to measure. It's more subjective and a lot of things work. You can take a once per week, moderate volume, high intensity, close to failure approach like a Dorian Yates and build a lot of muscle. And you can also take a moderate effort, high volume approach. Um, and, And either one can get you there. And I think so long as you're not really to the extremes of any one of those three variables, volume, intensity, or frequency, you can land within the realm of what is, uh, as far as we can tell, close enough to optimal that it doesn't really make a difference as far as like competitive outcomes anecdotally.
1: I'm overwhelmed. Uh,
0: what about, uh, what about the, the question that you answered yourself then? So um, plateau and hypertrophy? Do you find different leverages, supersets, eccentric, something like that? Or is that when you dial in more of the volume and still push yourself closer to an actual failed rep? What's, what's your key? Or do you periodize the whole thing? Do you add uh, a strength block and then you get a little bit stronger so when you go back to your leg press from your squat block, now you can handle a little bit more weight in that sucker and, and again, hopefully more stimulus. What's, what's your personal approach?
3: My personal approach is I normally do whatever is a little more novel. Um, so if I am, if I've been pushing volume, say for a couple, couple blocks of training, you know, I'm moving someone from three sets per muscle group to four to maybe even five sets per muscle group, uh, or rather per exercise per muscle group per day. Um, then, you know, that's like a solid, like two thirds increase in total volume. Uh, I'm probably not also telling them and glow closer to failure and you know, increase load. Um, if load goes up, fantastic, but it's not the the variable I'm driving. If they've been doing that for a while and they're starting to get beat up, they're starting to stagnate, we're not seeing some of the metrics we would use to gauge progress. Uh, that is when we'll bring volume down and then start actually pushing load, going closer to failure. So I, I think it makes sense to to go the direction of novelty once you've kind of stagnated with a given approach. Whether you want to, you know, chalk that up to a anabolic resistance to a certain pathway, uh, I'm not willing to 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 hang my hat on that hook. But I will, at the very least, say that from a practical perspective, the fatigue you're going to generate is going to be more related to one or the other. So doing a crap ton of work and having to grind through sessions, I think, creates a certain level of mental fatigue. You start to lose intention. You know, you're like, all right, let's do another set. You know, it becomes kind of this manual labor-esque work. Um, and that that's not always necessarily bad. It's not like it doesn't count. Um, but I do think you don't bring the same level of, of intention to each set, which might mean less load than you actually need to do, fewer reps, uh, not as good of a quote-unquote mind-muscle connection. Um, and you can just get mentally fatigued and tired uh, just because of the total work you're doing. And that's a different type of beat up that, that you get from doing, say, an intensity block of powerlifting training where, you know, the, the, your hips is, is, is the topic of most conversations. Uh, your, your lower back is, is super stiff. You know, you just feel a little crushed and creaky and you don't remember what life was like when you didn't feel like you were in pain most of the time. And then you go through... You know, you go to more machines, you drop some axial (laughs) loading off. You don't have 400 plus pounds on everything you touch. And all of a sudden, it's like you just don't feel like compressed and your joints feel better. So I think you could even view it purely from a fatigue management perspective, you know, Um, that if you drop volume, you can increase intensity. And that makes the given volume you are using more effective. And that's a useful way to get some of the specific fatigue from doing a lot of volume gone before then you go back to it. And you can look at that from like a, even if you're just a pure, I only care about hypertrophy kind of perspective, I think that that's still a a valuable way of looking at it, of going through phases of accumulating more volume with a lower proximity to failure on more machines and more single joint movements and things that you can rack up a lot of volume with without cost to then going, all right, I'm going to take a break from that and do lower volume, but maybe each individual exercise is a little more efficient. Like you can do, you know, a leg extension, a leg, colon, a hip thrust, but you could also just squat and deadlift, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, each one of those is attributes a little more growth, but also attributes more, more fatigue to you. And there's a little more, you know, caustic on the joints in general, if you're using a full range of motion. So I think there's a, almost a natural benefit to, to going back and forth between the two.
0: On that same topic, Omar, you're one of, if not the smartest dude I've gotten to become really good friends with and although you're not like the academia that necessarily Eric has I know you know all these things like crazy but what I respect about you and actually Eric too, actually to a very large level and you mentioned it earlier how you're kind of damned yourself for making things not vague but like a big post because because all that matters but like if you're kind of there you're kind of there. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and Omar, how does that apply? Like you and I do coaching together. You've coached for a very long time. You've had great success as a coach. And I know you know these concepts. But how do you apply that to yourself in your training? You're one of the most consistent guys I know. And I know you've really turned up your own training. I think you've always loved it. But it seems over the last two or three years like you're getting fucking after it, at least from the outside. You and I don't even talk training that much because we have so much other shit we want to talk about uh, when we do talk. But it seems literally just from social media that you've really turned it up. Do you do you play like a broad goalpost and you know this and you just kind of go, or do you write out what you're doing to yourself? I know Eric's helped you a little bit with programming and tips. Obviously, you guys are are close and talk on it, but what's your approach to take all this information, right? I did a rant on YouTube, not to go sideways, but because it, it might come off as an insult to Eric, but I think Eric knows where I am. Everyone's obsessed with programming. That's the most common question I get. And my response is I was just talking to Jim about this earlier, I sound like a broken record. I know how my car kind of works and I need my car and I really like cars. I love cars, but I'm not a mechanic. I don't need to know the inner workings of the pistons, but every person that just kind of gets into deadlifts wants to know all this shit for some reason. And I don't know if it's an ego thing or paralysis by analysis or or why they want to know these concepts. And that's obviously where Omar's built an amazing career is taking some of this evidence and things that, Definitely matter, but in the scheme, do they matter? And he simplifies it for such a broad audience. But I'm wondering, Omar, how do you truly apply that to yourself? Or are you more like me where I, I have real wide posts when I'm training? Like I know if I really want to hit a number, what to do. But I'm just, I, I literally go by RPE of, of uh, fuck it. And some days it's RPE one. And, you know, it's just, it's such a broad scale that I, that I kind of uh, carry myself through.
2: Wow. Thank you, first off. To quote Shannon Sharp, the football player, I love me some me. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 I'm joking, but I think the big difference over the last few years has been a little bit more of a focus on self care. And what I mean is often actually when you're trying to do multiple things, I'm not a very good multitasker at all. And it has been to grow channel it has been to grow my businesses, it's been very, uh, let's say focused on my professional outcome on my financial success, all those things that those of us that have uh, come from places that once again, there might be either a scarcity or an experience was like, you know what, the the idea of having something a little bit more stable sounds appealing, you make sacrifices so you're no longer the young whippersnapper in at at university where you can provide all that emotional effort so you have that investment in yourself where you're just there on like a Friday night or whatnot training at the gym so you really can cut loose and I'm someone that's very poor at self-care so the idea that hey man you should get like instead of practicing this music you should get eight hours of sleep tonight like hey instead of doing this it's like you know what uh that work that you did right before you went to the gym you probably should have uh fit in like an hour walk before you get to the gym because as recently with a uh, mass uh mike zordos where he was uh, reviewing the cognitively demanding uh extra tasks right before lifting just as a small microcosm of what can occur I was doing none of those. So it's like, you go from, you know, yeah, I just did eight hours. Yeah, I got off uh, from uh, the CRA or like the tax person. It's like, all right, I'm here to lift. And you make these tiny compromises because you put yourself on the back burner because there are these larger goals. And that was once I experienced, I'd say after 2013, um, the channel was growing and all those things. Um I decided I'm like, wow, wow, you actually can um, make a living off of this, let's try and focus on that. And I didn't want to be another mistake. And what I mean, when I say that is on YouTube, where I went down in 2012, this is actually January 2012, before most fitness YouTubers were deriving their sole income from YouTube or social media. And I actually spoke with actual YouTubers in Los Angeles. So I I connected with a few of them, people that have been around for several years, and their life cycle is actually it's sad. It's very short, where it's only a few years of being relevant, and then they fade away. So I'm like, how do we build systems in place here that you can derive your income long term so that that became it it went from share my experience while running as Mike you and myself we had training businesses I had uh, strength classes that's what I was doing that was my you know nine to five or more than nine to five that was my job and YouTube was a side project and then that shifted over and one of the things that sat on the back burner then was the training Um, and you get set in your ways and what I could say is that I was terrible at applying some of the the fundamental principles that I understood to myself, first in the self-care sense, but also then with that, armed with that data in terms of the stress load, it's like, is this high volume approach really working for me? In theory, if I had all the time in the world, if we're back in university or whatnot, I could handle the stress, but in the greater whole, like talking to Mike to share the biopsychosocial model, I can't. So it's kind of, you're you're running into the same obstacles and speaking about the body recomp god, uh, Eric here, where I can, you know, bounce ideas off where it comes to any of those things. So like body recomp as an example, one of the, I wouldn't say archaic myths that I had about myself. I do think I perform better, let's say at, 15% 15% body fat versus 11% or 10% if I ever got there. But like, I, I do think I, I perform better at a certain uh, body fat level. But the idea that uh, to myself, I had to be either a certain weight or a certain way or certain approaches that historically had worked, but given the new inputs weren't relevant, I had to reevaluate that. And to be perfectly frank, it, there is a line from, uh, it would be Paul Newman, fantastic. He's my favorite American actor in the R- film. Really the good Hustler. dressing. Oh, Newman's own. The best. Is, uh, My favorite He's, solid, he's the man. Great he's yeah. lean, solid, mean, Caesar. fighting machine. And he said uh, in the Hustler, when he's down and out, so he he's a, a, a pool shark, and he's down and out, and these guys challenge him, and they basically want to con him, and they don't know who he is. And they sense basically prey. They're predators sensing prey because he's down on his luck. And he said, you know, uh, I don't – and they say something to him. And the line he says, I'm not going to try it and say it like Paul Newman. But he says, I don't rattle, kid. But just for that, I'm going to beat you flat. And what I mean when I say that is that it came to a point where it's like, I really love training and I love making progress. Uh, when I joked, I love me some meat. Let me allocate that time because there was the time if we take a look at the track record when I apply myself, oh, like the Dell FPR from 2012, it's like magical shit happens. When I, you know, am able to block it off, make sure I manage life stress, progress happens. So recently, that's why uh, back in 2019, I it, it was the last uh, point to reframe things and learn where I started doing the high. So at first I was like, all right, It's me time, but stress is still going to be high. Did a high volume squat program that the numbers were shooting up. Mike, you were there in Los Angeles when I did four or five for 12 at like an RP8. Definitely had like one, two reps in the tank, just like crushing it. About to ride, a peaking wave to be like, all right, let's uh, start translating this to actual uh, single rep max performance. I did 495 as basically just the daily single, which eventually became like the PR at the time because I never came back. But from all the I just throwing all this junk at my body, not being able to recover, oops, I ran into some issues. And that's when I had the come to Jesus moment with Eric where I spoke, where it's like, oh man, like I'm I'm banged up once again. Was it avoidable? Definitely. Was I doing my best approach for myself? I was doing what historically had worked and I respond well to, but I'm not in that situation, right? I'm not 20 years old anymore. So it's old habits or old systems. Um, And what's happened recently, like some of the, uh, the things that myself and Eric talk about, just in general, the concept is what's basically, it's almost the exact opposite. What's the bare minimum I can do or what's the minimum amount to make considerable progress? So don't, let's not confuse it. The minimal amount to be mediocre, yeah. or or to make a moderate amount of progress. What's the minimal amount that I can make tangible, real, long term progress? Because let's just take a quick example, and I'll, I'll be done after this. But 2019. So I went on. I went from uh, starting. You know, I, I had some lower back issues, whatnot. I started squatting, and I did 315 for five x five, and it was like crushing me on week one. By week 12, I'd squatted 495, and on week like nine, I did 405 for 12, right? Because strength came back, all that stuff. But from that insane amount of volume. And I can outline it. It's it's too much. Not recommended. There's a reason why it it happened. My time away from the barbell was as such that I basically needed a year of troubleshooting. I leaned down a little bit, all that uh, stuff, found my headspace before I could even get back to squatting again. So 12 weeks of tangible progress, like we did it boys to a year away. So really, it's 16 months for 12 weeks of progress that's not sustainable. So I think when we talk about sustainability now, or some of these things, there's that uh, hunger for myself to try and not only prove to myself, but also just to show that the investment's worthwhile because there is that exhilaration than when you hit a PR that I think uh, few things can match. And I know that potential is still there. Uh, We spoke about this, that there's a time and place where all of us will hit our last PR. And I truly not trying to be overly optimistic that Amy, it's not there. Uh, I don't think the last PR is there. So I think there's still there's still some uh, gas in the tank left. So is that's it, what it was.
0: Is that the current golden
2: uh, strength right now? Yeah. So I so <laughs> luckily my boy Joffrey Nipple speaking about uh, not filming while training. <laughs> we're just getting after it in the Kiwi uh, Palace. There are some things. Also, there's technically a stay at home order here in Toronto, so you're not supposed to leave your your house. We won't tell anybody. Uh, <laughs> don't don't tell the several <laughs> thousand people listening. But like so, not not recording most of the stuff, not uh, broadcasting anywhere, just doing it for me. And of course, yeah. when I hit the PR, so there was a PR that I haven't uh, like posted anywhere yet. But when this stuff happens, it's oftentimes as an influencer, not that you use these things as proof, but people basically, if you read comments, Eric, you've seen this, Mike, you've seen this, on social media, it's like, I'll post me starting back squatting and it's like four or five for a single. It's like, but you did 500 pounds, like, why yeah. are you so weak right now? And so they they almost can't, have that perspective of the journey. So showing as a small once again, microcosm my own training and some of the principles that are used is like this is keep in mind, this is actually junk my whether or not my uh, I have success is not the greatest indicator of what I'm saying what I'm espousing, if it's true or not. But unfortunately, with social media, that is an element. So the best thing I've been able to do this past year, Mike has basically been able to shut the camera off, I'm training, and guess what? I found this out. It's it's not like oh like I need to post this on Instagram. I'm like it's actually kind of a pain in the ass if I'm being honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's like and I like training alone. I like I actually really like training alone. Um, and so the concept of the home gym has become lucrative or training with a good set of people. I'd say it's one of two things. Yeah, uh, in my own quiet space or it's good company. It's funny the, the way you put that because I think at the
1: beginning of anything and it goes back to what Mike was saying at the beginning of anything you don't want to fail because you didn't put enough effort into understanding the pr- the problem you were trying to solve. Uh, yeah. Business, lifting, whatever it's all kind of the same and you're all always working toward what you're saying that, that how much effort do I have to put in to get a reasonable amount of success and then if i can if I can back off this the craziness that that keeps you awake at night trying to to uh, accumulate information about how you should approach things or things other people have done that have worked for them and might work for you and it's exciting and and, and all that stuff, when you run out of that energy, you have to find the balance mm. between like what how much effort you can put into something and what you're going to get out of it um, yeah. I mean, we, we've all been doing this for so long, and we've all been through that cycle multiple times, and if, you know, if one of us picked up bobsledding or ice skating or something tomorrow, we'd go through the same cycle again. We'd be like, I want to I know everything there is to know about whatever this thing is, and, and try to perfect my technique to it, my approach, my, my strategy, and we'll lose all balance
0: I think, I think uh, that balance level changes too because yeah. even though I consider myself like an experienced lifter and coach, and obviously it's all relative to who and what, I'll probably go through that again. I'll probably pull something kind of slow tomorrow, and then I'll be like, fuck it. <laughs> ten says it's <laughs> ten. You know, like, <laughs> i fucked up, and, and you go down there. <laughs> or business, same thing. Like, something didn't sell, and you're like, fuck it. I'm going to read 20 marketing books. Fuck you. I'm selling <laughs> out. You know, like, th- I think that's kind of a... Uh, kind of like a a double-edged sword, like it's kind of a good thing that drives some people and it it, it can be unhealthy for sure. But to go along with that, what balance is at the moment changes and and that, that word itself is so like kind of corny now it kind of sucks it loses meaning even when omar said self-care i love you omar you know but like everyone fucking says that but they don't like mean it you're like oh you got a pedicure and all of a sudden your self-care how omar explained it was actually really good um it's what he needed to feel more composed and more optimal at the things that he wanted to tackle. Self-care doesn't mean you eat a brownie and all of a sudden you're fucking never see a therapist again. Like, but that's how people talk about it in our age. And balance is the same thing. Like balance doesn't mean like perfect f- perfect equation. Yeah. No. Balance just kind of means like what needs to kind of get one of these and what kind of needs to get pushed down and what kinda how do we how do we finagle new things and, and how can I last? Really? And and there are times, I think, business lifting otherwise, um, and Eric can maybe speak to it better than any of us, where, like, I'd imagine last couple weeks or months of a, a bodybuilding prep or something, like, sometimes you just got to hit the gas, and balance, does, There's that word doesn't belong. Like, and business is the same way. Like, we're in a pandemic. Like, I'm going to work 50 hours a week. Like, we got to keep the lights on, right? Like, sometimes you just have to go, and balance can come in
3: 2022. Yeah. I almost see balance as very... The perfect analogy for balance is someone balancing uh, yeah, yeah. being on a tightrope. Because as you shift one way, you have to shift back the other. And it is not a... It's not balancing of an equation, which is there is an a, an answer, and now I've got equal values, and I've solved it. It is the continual process of shifting to, 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 to be doing what you need to do. It is an active process. And I think... Um, in most cases, and this is what really kind of grinds my gears sometimes when people take a, especially like the hardcore lifting community, they take a shot at balance, like it's the easy path. It is far easier to just blow up the rest of your life, mm-hmm. be super one-dimensional and just go all in. And not be self-aware. All. Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, that's the easy thing to do. The hard thing to do is to compete at a high level while also being a good father, husband, Uh, business partner, et cetera. And I think like I, I, am I'm, I, I get it because I will say that in my life, all of the things that, that I'm visible seen doing, um, those are actually all on a different tier altogether than my training. Like like I said, I, I, I let go of trying to play video games for a decade <laughs> because I had a hint that it might interfere with my training. And that is just something that, that's a, a core part of me because I see that the training led to all of the rest. Yeah, yeah. Training made me a better human. Training made me someone who had self-efficacy. Training led to 3D Muscle Journey, to Iron Culture, to being on this podcast. So it is a, to me, training is like breathing. Yeah. And that is super hyperbolic and, and not actually true. But that's the way I live my life. Right. It's and more important than else, breathing. Exactly. True. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's anaerobic anyway, right? So, uh, so no, I, I completely get what you're saying. And I think, I think the uh, I think I think the trick is to allow it to be that continual process, and to 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 know that balance does look like going all in sometimes, and at other times it looks like taking a week off from the gym
0: yeah yeah beautifully said i don't want to hold you guys any uh longer we've been uh talking for a marathon here we've been
1: at this for <laughs> a while
0: um appreciate you guys i can't say any uh better things than i've already said and my m- brain won't work that well anymore but hopefully we get to do this uh in person very soon if not online again uh before the year is over go away ahead and plug away uh, where people can find you boys oh my. on 50 facts out. yeah oh yep well then yep. so we'll see you next week to record. <laughs> At same time, same. Place, Actually, same we're doing back a channel.
1: fun show next week. You guys probably might find it interesting.
0: No, they'd be so mm-hmm. good. If the, I wish, I wish all of us weren't busy so we can do person. this. We're going to yeah. start to uh, uh, review some different um, movies, and Ooh. but but be a little bit more topical with it. So, um, uh, pumping iron, obviously, like the basics, oh, wow. some stuff like that, and just talk about what we want to talk about. But there's a new one coming out that's like a series where they fake build someone's uh, social clout. So they buy followers, they fake that they're at these salons, like they're in the, the shitty backyard, but they make it look like they're doing all this stuff and try to grow like these, like a kind of like a contest, grow these careers. The show's not even out, it starts next week, but we're going to review that too because it obviously relates to our weird fucking world we're
1: all found yeah. ourselves in. Fake famous on HBO, we're going to talk about it next yeah. week. That's amazing.
0: It, yeah, so it should be funny. But uh, Iron Culture.
2: Yeah, Uh, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, just search Iron Culture. Easy.
3: That's the best spot. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely check out Kaizen. That's
2: right. Uh, That's that's, also, we're all involved (laughs) with that, yes. (laughs) Rascal Rascal Apparel. Eric. Rascal Rascal
0: Apparel Position.
2: 3D Muscle Journey, uh, Mass Monthly Application Strength Sports, if you're interested in reading the research reviews by Eric and company. Elemental Formulations, where uh, Omar and, and Ben Esgrove launched a new
3: supplement company. Yeah,
2: fantastic. Eric's yep. part of the scientific advisory board, and of course, if you want to get personally coached by Eric, I'm going to give you the response he gave me: "You're not ready for it, kid," so <laughs> that that's off the table.
1: Yeah, I will say too that you know, I uh, I do the post production along with a with a partner on uh, uh, Lane's podcast. Oh, and nice. And he mentions Eric, mentions you probably every episode. At least once, I don't know why, but he does.
2: Yeah, it's almost like Eric has been instrumental for the industry and kind of really one of the leaders. You know, it feels that way.
0: He's the underbelly, what we like to call, of the (laughs) fitness industry. I am the pot belly. No, so that's me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, please give us a rating review. We will be banging out podcasts every Wednesday. Now we're back in the flow. Uh, third street barbell on Instagram it's on the mic with two
1: K's everywhere you want to find me thank you thank you thank you I am Matthew Jim McDean. all the social media this podcast is 50% facts where percent is a word and 50 is just numbers and the gym is third street barbell with a three and we on Instagram on Twitter we are good company 3SB and
2: so it's not Third street barbell because I've been spelling street. it wrong No, third
1: it's also not <laughs> thirst street barbell but it sometimes thirsty. seems yeah. like thirsty Thank you guys so much. <laughs> Thanks, boys. Before
0: we get into another tangent, I'll just let you go because we'll probably just talk forever. I don't, know you, I don't even know what hour it is, where the heck you live, Eric. It might be 2 in the morning for all I know. No, it's to one eighteen p.m. We're solid. What the heck's one eighteen, dude? In the afternoon? Yeah. Oh, and, really? By
3: the way, it is Wednesday.